0: welcome to the first episode of shape colorado podcast this episode focuses on the shape colorado roundtable discussion for possible re-entry guidelines for the covid19 pandemic throughout the colorado schools
1: All right, so I'm gonna share the agenda. If you look in the chat box, yeah, there's our agenda for today. And uh, we have uh, uh, our first of three roundtables that we are going to uh, hold. Um, our next one will be in two weeks and then the first Monday in August. So to begin with today, welcome everyone. Thank you for attending ShapeCo. Uh, shape Colorado uh, roundtable discussing some of our uh, uh, upcoming issues that we have with uh, reentry back into our schools and the center around physical education and health. And we are going to start with a uh, welcome address from our uh, president uh, of Shape Co, Shape Colorado, and that's Jamie McMullen. And I'll let her take, take over.
2: Thanks, Brian. Um, Welcome, everyone. Good morning and thank you all for joining us um, for our first of our roundtable series. I want to start by thanking our professional development committee and our advocacy committee and our membership committee, um, who were the three committees who kind of rallied around to make sure that we could have these meetings in the summer, um, to have these discussions so that we can all be as well prepared as we can be as we start the new school year. Um, the membership committee sent out a survey towards the end of the school year and asked um, for suggestions on what folks membership uh, would want to know about. And obviously one of the big things was re-entry. And so this is our first um, session. I'm glad to see uh, Shannon Milliken and Jamie Hurley are also on the call from Colorado Department of Education, and they can probably jump in at certain points and share um, what Colorado Department of Education has um, in in the works um, right now for reentry specific to physical education and physical activity settings. Um, but as you were all made aware, um, the Shape America guidelines for reentry were recently released, and those will kind of be the basis, I think, of the conversation today, um, those are general national guidelines. And so they're based off of the CDC's current recommendations for schools. And obviously some of the conversations we're going to have today might be more specific to the needs of Colorado teachers um, versus considering the entire nation. SHAPE America worked with CDC on those guidelines um, rather quickly. Um, I'm a member of the SHAPE America Board of Directors, so I was able to see some of the drafts, and um, I think that it's a very good starting place as a document. And just so everybody here is aware, um, the national document, as well as anything that comes out of Colorado, are being seen as sort of living documents Um, for lack of better term, that they will be changing as needed as different public health recommendations and suggestions come out. So I think that that's the big, kind of the big picture for us to really make sure that, yes, we know these guidelines, we're aware of them, um, but then also understanding that things will be changing as we learn more information and we get more guidance from public health um, entities. So I just wanted to open with that and thank you all for being here and for being members of SHAPE Colorado. And I will turn it back over to Brian.
1: All right, thank you very much, Jamie. So yeah, as we move forward today, like Jamie was talking about, keep in mind, these are just guidelines. Um, There's no uh, mandates from the state um, or even from CDC. It's just, these are all guidelines to keep in mind for best practices and for uh, keeping social distancing and uh, everybody' health um, at the best that we can, worrying about safe safety and for everyone. So, um, in our uh, chat box, um, hopefully, you're able to see the agenda. And uh, let's see, I'm going to share the screen with you really quick. And uh, all right, can everybody see our screen? We're able to access our agenda today. So, we had our uh, opening um comments from our board president of Shape Colorado. Um, Jamie's going to speak on the CDC uh, CDE. Um, Uh, guidance toolkit and he's also going to talk about some housekeeping items Um, and then i will talk about the shape america uh, re-entry considerations and then jamie's going to circle back around to cdc readiness and planning tool and then uh, the state by state what's kind of he has a document to share what each state is doing and then some of the top subjects that uh, are comments that came back. Um, We're gonna touch on those and get into like a round table um, uh, discussion on all these. And, And if there's more, we can put those in the chat box. So I'm gonna turn it over to Jamie. He's gonna talk about some housekeeping items and then he's gonna go into the CDE guidance toolkit.
3: Hey everyone, thanks thanks for being here today. This is uh, Jamie Hurley and um, I'm the health and uh, physical education um, principal of consultant at CDE, uh, the Department of Education, and I work really closely with Shannon Milliken on, on um, the work that we do there. Um, I, I wanted to start by just reiterating um, Jamie's um, initial comments that um, this is changing. Um, you know, uh, these documents are changing regularly and, and what I'm going to share today, um, you know, will most likely change before we return uh, to, to school. Um, um, I'm on, it, at the Department of Education, our main, um, our school nurse consultant um, is really the person within our unit who's coordinating with the larger CDE work that's happening um, and she is really the main contact with the, with the health department, the state health department. So the work that's happening and that's been created um, at CDE has really been um, in collaboration with the health department and with experts at, at the Department of Education and our school nurse consultant. Um, and And I have to say that, you know, she has been on regular meetings uh, daily, um, really trying to come up with the best guidance that we can, um, realizing that things are changing really, really rapidly. Um, I also want to make note before I go into this document that this is a draft and um, we are looking for input on on the documents, um, the toolkit document that we've created at this point. Um, so if you have comments or questions, um, you can certainly pose those to the larger group at the Department of Education um, who is working on the, this document, the toolkit document that I'll share with you in a minute here. Um, if you have questions along the way today, you can go ahead and put those in the chat and, and um, we can try to answer those questions along the way. Um, we do have someone monitoring the chat and uh, so please go ahead and put any questions that you have. Along the way in the chat, and then at the end, we'll have some time for some general uh, discussion. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and share um, share what we have at, at CDE in the document that we have um, we're working with. If I can here one second. So on the Department of Education's website um, is what we have created is a, a draft document. And um, if someone could go ahead and um, share this, I can do it for you. I'll just go ahead and share this in the chat. So if you would like to take a look at this website, you can, but I'm sharing it also. That is in the chat. As we've um, been working on this, um, this document is what you'll find on our website is we've really broken this down into three or um, five different areas, health and safety, continuity of learning, conditions for learning, planning, communication, uh, policies and funding. And so within the um, the CDE toolkit, and those are the areas that um, you will find. So if you look at health and safety, um, you'll notice that there's a decision tree here, and that decision tree really um, provides some guidance about uh, what you should consider when when opening schools. I think it's really important as we move forward to realize that it's most likely is what will happen is, is we'll be moving forward and schools will be in one place. Um, there will be some incidences of COVID that come up um, within that school and they will probably need to revert back to some stricter guidelines that, um, that have been identified and moving potentially back to more of an online only. Um, and, and so at this point, um, we really do think that schools we'll be moving back and forth between those, depending on the cases and what the communities um, identify. But we have provided some guidance about what that um, will look like on the website. I think it's also important to realize or or consider that, back up here, um, to, to consider that Local health agencies also have um, some input on what happens locally, so this is really going to be where the state will provide some guidance, but local health agencies can also provide guidance there also, so those local health agencies may provide additional guidance to the schools based on where they are um, in terms of cases within their communities. There there have been a number of questions um oops i'm sorry let me back up here so i'm trying to navigate through the page here So some other considerations um, moving forward is is kind of around planning and and, um, scheduling. And so within this guidance, there are some considerations to think about um, cohorting students or bringing them together um, and keeping groups together. So not allowing rotation. We're, we're also providing considerations around looping students, so you can see what that might look like and providing um, um, some flexibility um, for districts to identify where they um, would like to go. In terms of physical education, um, we don't have any guidance up here right now, but that's something that we will have moving forward is some more specific guidance around physical education um, and what that will look like. We um, We'll be working um, with state partners to identify what that specific um, guidance will look like over the next few months here. We'll have some specific guidance. But as of right now, the guidance that is on here in this toolkit is where we are um, in, in terms of what um, what we're re- recommending at this point. In terms of um, some other pieces that you can take a quick look at um, are, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm missing where I need to be here. I had all these pulled up before. So in, in terms of the other question that has often come up is terms of cleaning and disinfecting in physical education. I'll provide a little bit of guidance on that. Um, one of the questions that came up earlier was, will floors need to be cleaned? And at this point, um, the recommendations of floors will not need to be cleaned or disinfected. Um, however, equipment, if it's being used, will need to be cleaned um, and disinfected between uses within groups. So it's not that it needs to be cleaned um, for each individual student, but as that group is leaving, cleaning and disinfecting will need to happen. And CDE CDC has identified some guidelines about what cleaning and disinfecting needs to look like um, specifically um, within the school setting. So those are some pieces that, that will need to happen if we are meeting face-to-face um, at this point. The question around masks and, and distancing are also addressed in this guidance document. Um, the guidance is to encourage physical distancing without, whenever possible, but also, um, um the question about masks is that, um, again, the, the, it is guidance around masks and, um, and whenever possible students and teachers should be wearing masks whenever possible. Um, but it is not at this point, a um, there's no law saying at this point that you have to be wearing those but the guidance is that, that teachers and students are wearing um, masks whenever possible. Um, particularly when distancing isn't available. Um, there have also been questions about um, playground equipment. At this point, um, playground equipment that is outside does not need to be cleaned um, after each use entirely, but it is recommended that high use areas such as handles, et cetera, um, are disinfected and cleaned between uses. Um, but the but but it is not at this point, um, prohibited to use those, that playground equipment, but just cleaning high use areas such as handles um, between uses is really what's recommended at this point. Um, any any questions at this point? You can unmute and ask any questions that you have. I kind of quickly go th- went through that. I don't want to go through all of those areas that are on the, the website but I think that that is a really good place to start um, with, um, with with guidance that we have right now.
2: Jamie, I have a question. So will schools be adequately prepared with disinfecting, you know, wipes and things like that? I just think about, you know, particularly in a physical education setting, if You know we need to wipe down a ball or something after every lesson um, what that will look like and if they've considered like additional kind of passing time or time between classes um, particularly in the secondary school so that those things can actually happen
3: yeah so that's a good question so there is state funding that is going to districts to specifically um to to purchase disinfectants. So that would be um, individual school districts um, have that funding and they can use that for purchasing disinfectant um, and cleaning um, equipment, so to speak. So so there is funding out there for districts to do that. Um, In terms of passing time and time in between, um, that's something that um, you, you will need to consider because there will, you will have to to build in time in between to be cleaning um, equipment for sure. So that's going to be something that I would really encourage you to to, to consider because decisions are really being made initially right now about what what school will look like next year. So I'd really encourage you to to advocate um, for for physical education and having the time to do that within the schedule. Um, in terms of does that answer your question Jamie other questions
2: I have a quick question What? when did you say the PE guidelines would be up I you kind of cut out my internet's not the best
3: uh, so um, right now um, we will be aligning our guidelines on our website with CDC guidelines. Um, and probably within the next few months, we'll, we will be able to provide some trainings um, around the guidelines. Unfortunately, um, the timing of getting those trainings out is slowed because of some funding things that um, we're working through right now. Um, but we will be working with partners to provide those trainings. Probably will not get anything out. Um, there will be some guidance before the school year start, but I'm guessing trainings won't be able to happen until after the school year starts. Thank you. Well, we do know that additional um, the state will have additional guidance, probably coming out mid-July sometime. Once that comes out, CDE will go ahead and update our guidance based on what that looks like. So, I'm guessing that mid-July there will be some level of guidance that comes out that will update what we currently have. And I and you know, I know that it's hard to be patient around, you know, with this because everyone wants to know what it's going to look like, what's going to look like um we're trying to get guidance out as quickly as we can um based on what we know we're trying to get it out to districts um you know as quickly as we can superintendents get regular updates um so we're sending it out through our through superintendents we're sending information out through the scoop which is a cde newsletter so we're trying to get everything out to folks as soon as we can um but like I said, it is changing fairly quickly. Other questions? And
1: so I see, I see there's a question in the uh, um, D You just want to, we can go over those at the end, Dee, some of these questions and kind of do a summary of all those at the end.
4: Yeah. So any questions that you guys have, pop them in the chat box. Um, I'm watching it and make sure that we touch upon those um, throughout the round table.
1: All right. So we're going to move on. I don't know if Ben's still on. He was going to share this screenshot of, uh, Hopefully he's able to do it. We'll see if he's able to get it on. Um, there is a uh, district out and uh, he hasn't responded back yet. So I don't know if he's still uh, on this. I don't see him coming on. to huh? we do that? So We'll just move on so you can get that up. Uh, There was just a narrative of uh, a district out east that's been uh, working on trying to keep physical education in the minds of those with decision-making. So I'm gonna share in the chat box a link. Uh, Dee's gonna reshare it, he just said. So are you able to do that, Dee? I'm gonna share the the shape america re-entry uh considerations and it's a cool workbook that they've developed um they had a draft and now they have the final version of it but first i just want you to look at this uh um document. Uh, there it is Screenshot. share just Hopefully, it pops up here. you guys see that? Thanks, Dee you guys see that document that is shared? yes no i we'll to go back to this one I think Make a little small. Yeah there. All right thanks Dean. Um, so this was uh, developed by a school district out east when they were uh, talking about physical education I'm just sharing this with everybody on this round table today. It's got some great information in there. Um, that you can use in, uh, share with your administration, your concerns. Um, you know, if you're back in person use of equipment, if you're teaching online, you know, what type of format, I know that's been some of the concerns is that there's all these different formats. It'd be nice if the, the platform was consistent from uh, teacher to teacher, school to school. Uh, so. You just quickly read through that. It's in our chat box, the link, so you'll have access to that Correcty.
4: Yeah, it is in the chat box. Okay.
1: There's kind of a emphasis on, yeah, you've thought over what needs to be done for physical education. And uh, so I'm gonna stop sharing that and then move on to uh, what SHAPE America has put out. Uh, the, the workbook, the reentry workbook for K through 12, physical education and health. and Let's see. Go to that. here. All right. So at the top here, you'll see, this is the first page. It's a 17 page document, but it's a workbook that you can use. Um, oops, this is the wrong one. Sorry about that. That's the I want the other one.
2: That was the reentry guidelines.
1: book. Yeah. Let me see if I can find that. Do a correct tab here. There it is. All right. Here's the workbook. This is what I was looking for. So teaching strategies workbook. And they look at the four areas. Uh, This is only 17 pages long. So the great thing about this is that you can make it unique and specific to your school district, your school. Uh, to present how you are going to implement physical education and health, and for your students and their in your community. So the first is on equity, inclusion, and accessibility. The next section is on social and emotional learning, which we all know can be huge, along with trauma sensitivity and learning environment. And then finally, how to have that rigor and uh, have some uh, student assessment. So if you scroll down and. Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing that in the chat box, that link for everyone.
4: Already there.
1: Thank you. So you can see on uh, each section, there's like an empty box so that you could fill that in, how that you can answer those questions specifically for you and your teaching strategies, your school, your students, your community, and it just scrolls through each section i'm not going to read all these but students with IEPs and 504 plans how are you going to meet their needs um esl students how are you going to meet their needs and then the next section we, we talked about up there from the table of contents is social emotional learning you know, what can you do to align the competencies of sel um can you implement that into your curriculum working with other staff members so it's a great workbook that you can answer these questions and like i said it's specifically detailed to you and it's a, it would be a great tool to have to validate what you do as a profess, profession in teaching physical education and health education and then down at the bottom, is, uh, the last section is the student assessment. How are you going to assess your students? Whether it's in person, remotely, uh, um, the rigor you're going to have. Um, and I know, is there any questions on that? In the bottom, look, they have a student survey. You know, what type of technologies do your students have? I mean, this could be individually per student. Type of equipment do they have at home? School supplies do they have at home? Are there siblings in the house that they could actually do these activities with? Health content. So again, it's just a user-friendly document for uh, physical physical educators and health educators to develop their uh, uh, plan for re-entry. I'm just going back up to the top, Um, teaching strategies and workbook for uh, us as professions, uh, in our profession and uh, um, as we move forward, so in the fall any questions on that document. So if you do, you can put them in the chat box, but there's the link to that document that Dee put in there. Um, It's just a a nice tool for us to use as professionals. And uh, I'm just gonna share like in Jeffco, I work in Jeffco public schools. We're going to 100% online with elementary. Middle school and secondary are gonna be hybrid um they'll all have the option to be e-learning or online learning um and most of the students i work with are uh, you know have an underlying health condition also because i work with the special needs population one of the cool things that we uh, presented to our executive director of special ed is you know and luckily we do have some uh, adaptive p myself and one other person <laughs> but um If your district has adapted physical education teachers, utilize them because what we're going to do is because it's a numbers game. So we know we're gonna put a pause on our uh, students in the elementary program being fully included or integrated into physical education. We are gonna provide those minutes, that service time for those students, whether they're on an IEP or not, They could be in an ASD classroom or an SSN classroom or whatever your district calls them. We are gonna provide that physical education for them in person and via, um, so let's say Jamie Hurley is the ASD teacher at uh, Mortenson Elementary. So at 10 o'clock on Tuesday, I can be there in person with him, but then Thursday at 10 o'clock, I'm gonna do live virtual lesson with him. So that's what we're going to do with our elementaries to help out with the numbers. So those students won't be going to physical education at all. They're going to, we're going to put a pause, like I said, on that. And our, our special ed director is fine with that. Hopefully the, the parents understand the rationale behind it. Because here it is, when Jamie's ASD, let's say Jamie sends a paraeducator plus three students to Miss Marley's PE class. And she can only have that ratio of 10 to one. So now Miss McMullen's fourth grade class is coming. And so there's got to be that communication. Well, Miss McMullen can only send six of her students because Jamie, Mr. Hurley's ASD is sending three of his students to be included, plus a para. Now we're at 10 plus Miss Marley is the PE teacher. That's 11. So it's a whole numbers, you know, it's a lot of communicating for our elementary teachers. So that's what we proposed um, to do for our our help out our elementary PE teachers. And uh, ones that we've spoken to already are all for it, because it's just one less thing on their plate to worry about that. Oh, I got three kids coming today that are being included that are not part of Miss McMullen's class. I know not everybody has that situation um, in their school setting or school district, but uh, it's just a way for us to, you know, work together as a team and to help Miss Marley, the general PE teacher, not worry about fourth grade. I got to think about, I can only have six of Miss McMullen's kids because three kids are being included so until we go back to some normalcy and you know right now you will see that Jamie can chime in too but I think it's still 10 to 1 I know they're trying to up it to 15 to 1 for CDC guidelines for a uh, student staff ratio but uh, um, and it could be individually by districts too but Uh, And then secondary, we're just going to consult with our middle school P.E. teachers and for our high school P.E. teachers for those students um, that have uh, the other, whether they're uh, being in the um, adapted or unified P.E. class, we're going to consult with those P.E. teachers. But we're just trying to help out and our primary focus will be for elementary. And yes, that means 100 percent in building our elementary students will be in the building and if they opt out, of course they'll be at home online. So um, yeah, so that's another thing to think about is that number game when you look at how many can you have in. And then we're gonna do a lot of stuff with balloons because those are easily disposable when we're done. You know, Um, we're gonna use like paper plates for like a paddle uh so stuff that we can have in the classroom and stuff when we bring in we're going to st- a lot of balloons paper plates easy disposable so we don't have to worry about you know it's not probably the best for the environment but you know if we're wiping stuff down all the time and then here comes the next class um so that's something to think about too but I just wanted to share what we uh, presented to our executive director of special ed, how we could help out the elementary PE teachers. And that's kind of what we're doing. I know there are districts throughout Colorado that have adapted physical education teachers. So it's maybe one thing to talk to your uh, staff about, or, and another thing too, is that maybe they just do it with their paras in their classroom. You know, because that's what we're gonna be doing virtually. We're they're gonna be put being put up on a projector or the smart board. And we're gonna be from our office. We have a temp that we're gonna set up like a studio, and that's what we're going to do to teach our classes remotely. Um Hey Brian. Yes.
4: Real quick, um, and these might be uh, Jamie Hurley questions, but two popped up in the chat. Um, One was about suggestions on locker rooms and dressing out for the secondary levels. And then the other was um, just kind of more discussion about that 10 to one ratio. So Jamie, Shannon, if you guys want to touch on that, that would be great.
1: Um, I think the locker rooms are, uh, our district is, we're not using them. Go ahead, Jamie.
3: Yeah, I think with locker, with lockers specifically, the at this point, I think the recommendations are not to not to use locker rooms. And if you yeah. and if well, it's lockers. So so lockers and locker rooms are kind of two different things. But I think that um, right now the recommendations are are not to use lockers if possible um and that if you are going to use them that you would need to limit the number of folks that are using those lockers um, at a time and i think you'd also need to consider um disinfecting those and and so i think it would be really really hard to have multiple classes going through locker rooms um at at this point um so i would say that that's probably um not something that um, at this point is um is, is recommended um, in yeah. terms of the numbers I don't know that there is an at this point I think districts are coming are identifying those numbers um, we have not put out a specific number of students to um, you know in, in a space um, we haven't identified what those are because it's so hard to say it should be 10 to one or it should be 15 to one or it should be based on the square footage because the the way every school and district is, in terms of the space, is set up, is so different across the state, and and so to really come up with those recommendations from a broader state perspective is going to be really hard. Um, but there, I'm I'm guessing there will be some level of guidance um, within the next month here, but I don't know that we will come up with a specific ratio. Um, but we'll have to see because i think that's probably going to change
2: can i can i jump in jamie it's jamie um (laughs) i posted or um pasted the recommendation for locker room um in from the shape america's guidelines um, which is consistent with what you had said i think the one thing that we all need to keep remembering is that we have we still have to teach high quality physical education that's not a question we can't can't compromise on the level of instruction and quality that we're providing to students however that means that we are going to have to take a really hard look at our own curricula and what we've been teaching and probably teach things that we've never taught before or things that we don't teach very frequently um i think this is a great opportunity actually for us particularly in the secondary levels to move away from some of the traditional team sports that we focus a lot on and really think about lifetime activities and individual dual activities and things that students can actually more successfully sometimes participate in outside of our classrooms. So I think that that's really exciting. And and I think too, with that said, focusing on um, activities that don't have a lot of equipment um, will also be really beneficial for our students to transfer things outside of the gymnasium when they don't necessarily have some of that equipment at home. So I know that it's like, Everything that's coming at all of us right now just seems like, oh, this is just more work and more work and more work because we are having to change what we do. Um, but the fact that you're all here on this call right now shows me that you're committed to doing what's best for your students. And what that means is that it's going to be work for people to figure this out. And I think if we can, through this community that's been created um, you know, under the umbrella of SHAPE Colorado, you know, share things with each other and, and connect on that standpoint, um, then not everyone's going to have to reinvent their own wheel um, individually. So just some things to think about.
3: There's also a question I and I posted this, but um, athletic guidelines are being posted right are being created right now. Um, those will probably I'm not sure what, whether CD E is planning on releasing those, but we're um, we our our school nurse consultant is working on some of those guidelines um, for athletics um, along with uh, with Chassa.
4: Jamie another question rolled in about is there any guidelines on um, students helping to clean you know in between those classes
3: yeah that's a great question Um, I'm not sure how to answer that one Um, I I would be have a little bit concerns the elementary school with with students cleaning um i haven't really thought about that um i think my concern might be that um you know if 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 they're so there's there's two things that there's the cleaning where you're physically cleaning them but then there's also disinfecting and those are really two different things so cleaning is really getting all the dirt and and the, the the stuff off of the the equipment but then there's also the disinfecting so those are really two different two different things, um, to think about. Um, I think that, you know, the cleaning might be okay, but the disinfecting, I don't know with the chemicals that you would be using, I would be hesitant to do that, but, um, I don't have, I haven't seen any guidance around that, but I, I guess I would say, I would be, be cautious at this point about, about having students do that.
1: Yeah. I agree with Jamie. Cause I think there would be, uh, some liability issues if something were to happen to a student or a group of students or um, if it's not adults adult doing it, um, but yeah, I, I would be cautious, like Jamie said, uh, having students do that, even though you would probably chime in and say, that's a great uh, health education uh, lesson. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I've got two more questions. They're not in the chat, but actually just ones that I thought about one being um, the whole, you know, and it's separate. It's not necessarily, I don't know. It's probably going to be district mandated, but what type of protection or anything for teachers being, having to be like live streamed their classes for those remote learners. And then the other one, I know that I've seen a lot is if say a school were to have an outbreak or maybe it, was exposed, they had a certain number of cases and had to quarantine for 14 days. Who is covering those sub days?
1: That's a good HR question, but I'll, I'll respond to that first one. And uh, um, well, back to your second, so HR, that like Jamie was talking about earlier, that would have to be a issue where each school district would have to make that decision. Um, it's going to be, you know, Colorado is a locally controlled school district. So that would have to be somebody that has to, um, in HR cover those sub days, um, and how long you're quarantined and then how are those students affected? And, you know, do they bring that home to their home? So I know that was one of the things that was on, I said, Jamie's Twitter this morning about that. You had a question on that too, or it was on your tweet or retweet, but
2: it's
1: It's crazy how that would fan out so fast.
2: Well, and I've been hearing some things from other states that, you know, if there's any case on campus, like that campuses will close for 14 days and, you know, and that, I mean, just think about that. (laughs) If you're like planning for in-person instruction, it's going to be no different than our two day pivot that we had at spring break, you know, of moving everything online. And so I think that those are some of the things that are still being ironed out in, from like the admin perspective of what that looks like. And what I had retweeted this morning was someone's comment about, so let's just say, hypothetically, I go to campus, I get COVID um, and then, you know, I'm sick And am I then going to be expected to go home and teach my classes online while I'm sick? Or, you know, what what that looks like? And so I think that those are the things that right now, I think the focus rate has been so much on what this looks like for students returning um, and not necessarily as much on what it looks like for teachers and staff um, returning. And so I think that those are questions that, you know, HR. <laughs> and because Colorado is a local control state that might differ building to building, you know, um, or district to district.
1: And then your other question, Deanna, about the virtual teaching, right? Is that right, Dee?
4: Right, yeah, what kind of protection is there around, you know, if I have to live stream my classes.
1: So in Jeffco, we bought the secured Zoom, just, and then again, that's district by district. So we bought that secure platform, the Zoom cost them money to do it. It's not a free thing, you know, that others have used, but, um, and then for like some of us in the, that work with special needs students, we do the telehealth. So we have that capability, but all the employees are all the teachers in Jeffco have the, the secured zoom but it's at a cost to the district so again that's something that your district would have to look to to use Um,
0: the other side of that with it is the LMS system Schoology Google Classroom G Suites um, all of those different ones seesaw they all have their own built-in streaming so it wouldn't necessarily be live streaming to Uh, Classroom or to like a YouTube channel. It would be no different than what we're doing here Um, And like we did the remote teaching back at the end of the last year. So districts That's something that district IT people are taking care of and working on Um, I know Schoology has it built in my school uses that Google meets we use that from the education side the secure zoom but that's going to be each individual school or school district on how they they handle that because any, th- any kids under 13 and stuff, there's a whole list of legal uh, things that have to be covered if you're live streaming to a classroom um, to just a broadcast. And so it would be more of a Google Meets or a Zoom or a Schoology room or whatever. Um, that's, that's what that term and focus on for the classrooms are. Thanks. Thanks. Um,
4: another question popped up in there and it's, kind of shifted gears a little bit uh it says is there a plan to test in schools or will we need to be tested at our own healthcare provider
3: jamie yeah. um uh, at this point i am um, unless the unless testing was located the schools um by your communities but i don't think that I think it would be by your local health care provider um, is where testing unless um, there was a local health care provider that chose to do testing at this at the school for some reason but I, I don't
1: think that um... I know Jeffco they're doing yeah. you know, athletics right now during the summer and they have they, this one by one the athletes come up and they get their temperature checked by the monitor you know before they go out on the field or practice or the court or whatever so that's one testing that they're doing for athletics
3: well um, there's i don't know if we're talking about testing for for a for for covid positive test or whether you know for, I, I, there will be some level of um, screening that will need to happen um, around taking temperatures and things like that and asking a series of questions we know that that will um, will uh, be something in terms of screening um, to, ins- to um, you know, a series of questions that ask, do you have a fever? Do you have any symptoms? And then probably temperature checking um, will most likely need to happen, which I think is different than the question, though.
1: Okay. Uh, Linda, if you want to clarify that, let us know. And Jamie, do you want to roll right into the cdc uh readiness planning toolkit yeah i don't
3: know that we need to to go into that okay. um you know that was just a resource that was available um, okay. to, to review if if you wanted to again we are really trying to align all the work that we do with those cdc guidelines um So it's just something that's just a new tool that has come out recently, not specific for physical education, um, but that's a CDC CDC readiness um, tool for schools and districts to use. That um, as we move forward, we'll incorporate into the into the the resources on the CDE website.
1: And I'm just going to comment really quick, and then hopefully Shannon can uh, provide some insight. But one of the things in our adaptive P advisory that we've talked about at CDE is that there needs to be more rigor in the fall. Uh, there needs to be attendance taken and then there needs to be a more in person uh, teaching kind of like what Jamie was talking about. We need to up our game and uh, um, Jimmy McMull- McMullen was talking about that and that we really can't just throw videos out there and be like a, you know like a fitness instructor we need to really amp our game up here and uh that's one thing the two things that were really stressed to us is that we need to have more rigor indeed to have more in-person teaching either at the school or virtually somehow instead of just hey watch this video and comment on it so any comments on that shannon from your perspective or jamie or anyone?
2: I'll let Shannon respond to that. I was just going to add, um, because one of the questions that did come up, I think um, when people were registering was around advocacy. And I think that this is a really great time for each of you to reach out to administrators and find out how you can be part of the plan for reentry for your specific school and or district. The advocacy committee at SHAPE Colorado Actually drafted um, a letter, and I'm pasting it into um, a link into the um, for a drive folder for this document um, that is a letter to your administrator. You are welcome to download that and modify it um, for your own setting, depending on who you are going to be sending it to. Um, but I think that that's hugely important for all of us right now. Is to not just wait and see what we are told um, but to be part of you know part of making sure that we are taken care of as health and physical education and reiterating the importance of health and physical education for students right now Um, so I just wanted to make sure we got that in um, and thank the advocacy committee for their work um, drafting that for members Um, and then Shannon if you wanted to jump in about the rigor and not just putting on fitness videos all the time
5: i got called out on the spot brian
3: <laughs>
5: no that's okay um hi everyone it's so great to see you um so as brian mentioned my name is shannon Milliken, and i work really closely with jamie hurley at the colorado department of education and so um just kind of to touch base on what brian and jamie both said you know we really want to continue to not only advocate for the importance of what you do for kids um especially you know as their their daily lives are changing right Um, we don't want to just say hey here's a physical activity you know go walking go hiking stay active right we really want to ensure that we're still teaching and promoting quality physical education um something that you know i'm working on right now with some um with some uh, outside partners is, you know, you will have access to professional development throughout the year. Uh, We have one more standards training um, happening in August. So if you have not taken kind of the um, crosswalk, um, you know, kind of standards 2020 implementation training, I would recommend you jump on that one. And then we will also be offering um, four additional trainings around best first instruction, disciplinary literacy, and culturally responsive strategies in physical education. And so something that myself and the facilitators are being very mindful of is, you know, these are obviously best teaching strategies. So whether you're in a, you know, in-person environment or if you're remotely, like these are best teaching strategies that you want to have no matter what your environment is. However, we are also being very cognizant of Um, how we deliver this professional development to you is hopefully giving you very applicable information of how you can distribute this information to your students remotely if you had to, right? So we're kind of putting ourselves in your shoes as learning uh, virtually, we're kind of facilitating in that way of how you would facilitate it to your students. So um, just something to keep an an ear out for, you know, uh, watch CDE's website, Watch Shape Colorado and Well Trainings websites, you know, they'll be promoting those trainings. But just know that, you know, we'll be coming out with some some professional development for you to really ensure that, you know, you're set up with best teaching strategies no matter what the environment is, not just, um, hey, here's activities or here's, you know, physical activities that, um, you know, your kids could participate in. So, and if you have any other additional questions, feel free to reach out to Jamie Hurley or myself and we'd be happy to, to help you out. I hope that helps, Brian.
1: Yeah, I just, one of the things that was stressed to us is that we just can't throw up videos and watch video after video after video. There's got to be some connection. We still need those relationships with our students, probably more now than ever.
2: <laughs> and I think we have a really great opportunity in physical education and health education to provide space away from a screen for students. So if we are, Um, particularly virtual again in some places, or there's significantly more virtual than than students are used to. um, To allow physical education to be a time away from a screen, um, I think is a really great idea.
5: And then Jamie and Brian, if I could just jump in real quick, um, I would recommend for all of you who are on and your teammates and colleagues that you collaborate with to really dig into the standards document Um, On that right-hand side, you're really going to see those, that academic context and connection. So you're going to see that um, the essential skills, right? You're going to see the inquiry questions. So those things that really kind of drive our instruction as to why students are doing things. Yeah, you might have them going and doing a physical activity, but you want to make those connections as to why are students doing this? Why is it important, right? What are those essential skills that they're developing during that activity, right? That's also a really great way for you to collaborate with other teachers in your in your schools, right? Because um, those essential skills, they're it's a universal language, right? So no matter what um, content you're looking at, whether it's mathematics or social studies or language arts, right? Those essential skills are going to be cross-cutting. And so now that's a way for you to be able to collaborate with other teachers in your building. So if you guys are really talking about, you know, Communication right during this time. Start talking with other teachers and say, "Hey, how are you working and how are you discussing communication during this environment?" Right. Go look at your standards and see what standards are really working on communication skills. Right. So it's a way a for you to advocate for, um, you know, your program and that you are, you know, delivering content that's just as important as others. You have that universal language. Um, but it also ties what you're teaching students back to the why, right? It gives them applicable knowledge as to how are they going to use these skills and this knowledge outside um, of the gym, right? Which some of them might be in a virtual setting, right? But again, it's not just, hey, go hike, right? Or go do this, right? It allows them to bring connection to what you're having them do. Okay, sorry, Brian, that was probably more than you bargained for.
1: No, that was awesome. And it is about even developing those relationships with your teachers in your school. You know, how can you support them? How can they support you during this time? So, like I said, probably more so than ever than we have before, because um, it is a different time and place that we're in right now. So, um, let's see. I think on our agenda, we covered all the topics that we had. Um looks like uh there are some questions about you know Jamie talked about this advocacy and so as Shannon and really be in that room when decisions are need to be made I think that's gonna be huge that your voice is heard and like um I think Jamie can chime in on this McMullen that uh, New Jersey was New Jersey. They were looking at putting a pause on all the physical physical education K through 12, right? So it, was, got it reversed.
2: It was one district within Massachusetts. So it was actually blown out of proportion a little bit um, on Twitter. Shocking. Um, and so it was one district in Massachusetts who that had been looking to actually eliminate physical education for some time. So they use this sort of as an excuse. But I do think that if we aren't careful and we don't get ahead of it, what happened in March could happen again, especially in Colorado as a local control state where they say, okay, PE teachers, health teachers, you just support you know, the math, English and whatever teachers, don't worry about creating your own content. And so for us to be proactive and to get ahead of things and to advocate um, for our programs and really be thinking about um, being intentional about our planning, I think will help us get ahead of those things. So, um, you know, I think that, I know there's more questions right now than there are answers. And as um, Jamie Hurley mentioned earlier, there will be specific physical education guidance coming for Colorado um, in the coming months. Um, but right now I think the shape America document is kind of our best, um, guidance to look at at the moment. And, you know, we'll continue as shape Colorado to keep members updated when we do have, um, when we do have new information, um, that's coming out either through forums like this or in a emergency, you know, journal or something like that. So, um, just, know that we will be making keeping track of everything that's happening um i do see some additional questions coming in we are four minutes over um time so i want to be conscious of that and so maybe those are questions that um we could um
0: pull Uh, out sorry jamie for interrupting we're not on a time frame so we can keep answering those questions
2: oh okay perfect um There is some guidance, um, Megan's question around masks in the SHAPE America document. Um, But again, the masks will be very much up to individual school buildings and local um, public health orders is my understanding. Um, One Colorado, um, he's a UNC master student, actually wrote an article in the June um, journal, um, SHAPE Colorado journal that I posted in pasted into the chat early on the PDF link to that um, about using masks in physical education and um while it's possible. Obviously you have to be a lot more conscious of additional breaks and having maybe more moderate physical activity versus vigorous. Uh, so those are some things to think about. Um, I might let Jamie answer that question that, that Angie had about Labor Day. I think that's a great idea, Angie.
3: <laughs> and I think that's that will be up to districts to determine um what that looks like in terms of starts. Um at this point I haven't heard of any um in terms of in terms of modifying the required minutes or required number of days. I haven't heard at this point, um, that, that has been proposed to change any of that. Um, but that doesn't mean that that may or may not happen in terms of, um, providing local districts flexibility in terms of number of days and and hours and things like that in this time in terms of contact. Um, so, um, I haven't heard of that happening. It may, and obviously, superintendents would know about that as soon as as um, as we would hear if that did change. But that is really a local a local decision on start times and things like that.
1: Like our district, we're we're pushed back. Jeffco is to the twenty fourth of August. Already, they made that decision. So. We could just make it a state law, like in Minnesota, they can't start till after Labor Day. (laughs) What was the other question uh, from Mary, at Mary, my district has stated that special teachers are going to be going into the classroom to teach our content. That's what's happening in Jeffco for elementary. I don't know about secondary, but I think that they're trying to control the model movement.
2: Yeah, and that's where I think, you know, looking at, um, you know, the content that you can teach um, that is less vigorous um, is going to be really important. Obviously, there's lots of resources on like classroom movement experiences, breaks, brain breaks, energizers, whatever those things are. But again, I think we need to make sure we're looking at our standards first and going from there of what we can actually teach and not just, putting on the go noodle um, when we're going into the classroom, if that's what we have to do um, for physical education. Um, So just being aware of those things, I think, is really important. Um, What can you safely and feasibly teach um, that is still physical education content um, within a classroom space, if that's the only space you're given? Um, But I also think that's where the advocacy piece comes in again, is trying to be at that table or in that zoom call or whatever it is, um, as those planning, um, things are happening. Um, I think it's important.
4: Well, if you guys have any more questions now is the time to ask, as we're beginning to wrap up, um, we will stay on and continue to answer any questions. Um, just to make sure you feel comfortable with where we end the call. Uh, there's a question. Mary asked, are there state guidelines of how much contact time you have to have in PE? So Jamie Hurley or Shannon and that's district mandated, but
3: there are no state guidelines for, for physical education in terms of time.
1: yeah if you're able i would say too answer linda's question if you're able to have your students be outside that would be the best you know if you can't use your gym or your facility so um try to do your lessons outside as much as possible when the weather's great
2: yeah and um to chris's point yeah i think that's definitely something shape colorado could provide some leadership on is looking at some physical education appropriate within the classroom. Um, I totally agree with Carson's um, point. I Every time I see something coming up, it's like, I just think about how much more work things are going to be for me. I, I teach at the university level, and um, we've been told to be prepared for in-person, blended, and fully virtual. So um, that's essentially me planning three classes. That's like 300% the work. Um, so. I think that that's something that we have to be realistic about and i think that one thing we haven't talked about today is self-care for teachers and again i keep bringing it back to this idea of we're thinking about all these things for students but also making sure you're all taking care of yourself and i mean i know i was like really burnt out at the end of the school year um based off of what we had to do and so i think that that's something we have to um make sure that we're aware of as well so yes sometimes it does mean we are going to throw on the video or do what it needs to do but i think if we can think long term about um, quality planning that will be helpful
1: So before everybody uh, signs off, we have another uh, roundtable that will be in a couple of weeks, July twentieth, Monday. And uh, trying to see what the focus of that one is going to be on quality remote health and physical education curriculum, physical education versus physical activity, and ways to hold students more accountable. that'll be at 10 o'clock on july 20th another uh uh, round table that will be we'll have some other hosts come on i know uh jamie you're working on trying to get some outside people too correct jamie hurley yep
3: oh jamie jamie m we need to figure these jamies out in these meetings dr j
2: Well, Well, yeah, I I just wanted to thank everyone for being on the call and um, providing your questions and insight. It helps us as a board to really see um, based off of your questions, what some of the additional needs may be, and we'll continue to cater the roundtables um, based off of what those needs are. So again, I just really want to thank the membership committee um, for their work in um, finding out that you guys, uh, what you wanted to hear um, from Sessions like this and then also to the professional development committee for putting these together and there will be an additional um, link sent out for um, For the upcoming roundtable, so you do have to individually uh, register for those so just keep that in mind and look out for those in your email and um, I'll turn it back over to Brian then to close us down.
1: Well, yes. Thank you, everyone, for uh, attending, being a part of this. And uh, Dee, for being our chat moderator. And uh, Jamie and Shannon, for Shannon putting on the spot. You did some great dialogue there and sharing of information. Um, Thanks, Brian. (laughs) Sorry to put you on the spot, but that's the hat you wear. So I just wanted your insight on it, so.
5: No, that's great. Thanks. Let me know if you have any other follow up questions, Okay.
1: So Mike, and I'm sure everybody on here, that's uh, like Jamie Hurley and Dr. J and everybody, uh, you know, be that person in the room, let your voice be heard. Otherwise they're going to assume that you don't care and uh, you want to be assigned to do anything. So um, yeah, make sure you are, your voice is heard and you're part of that scheduling process and uh, provide, you know, I would, I know Dr. Jay would recommend this because I saw this in the chat room, but make sure you utilize that Shape America workbook. Um, there's some great things. You don't have to use all of it, you know, use it to what fits your school, your curriculum, your district, your colleagues, your team, you know, to make it the best situation you can. So thanks again, everybody for being on and uh, hopefully see you in a couple weeks. If not, then uh, that first Monday in August, uh, August 3rd will be our last one that we have scheduled. We may have more. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. And this will be in podcast too. all these. um, So you can come back and listen to them. And uh, I think D is going to, or Ben will kind of correlate all the, links and get those out to those that were in attendance today all right have a great day everyone thank you
0: Thank you for tuning in to this podcast about the reentry guidelines uh, for Colorado schools. Our next podcast will focus on uh, physical activity versus physical education and the best practices for in-building and virtual health and physical education curriculum and programming.